1: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of What the Heck is Crypto? Uh, this is going to be another solo episode for you today. I'm your host today, Stephen. Adam could not be with us, but hopefully he'll be back next week. Um, as we sometimes do in these solo episodes, I like to take the opportunity to, to monologue a little bit about some uh, deeper things that are uh, on my mind. And I think good week for it. A bit of a slow news week. Price has been pretty uh, dead, to be honest, for a long time. So I think it's a good time during uh, bear markets like this to, you know, take a step back and, you know, re-examine why we're here, our investment thesis. Uh, I think it's really important as an investor to always be questioning why why you're doing things. And I, I think that we don't do that enough in the crypto space. Everybody's always trying to uh, shove some narrative down your throat about why their coin is the, the best thing in the world and all the other coins are are stupid. There's almost a a religious zealotry about it. And I think one of the worst offenders in the space these days is is Bitcoin and the you know the quote unquote toxic maxis in the in the Bitcoin community. I think as an investor, once you get exposed to the space, I think one of the first narratives that's kind of Uh, Shoved down your throat is the idea that uh, Bitcoin is sort of the the one true uh, crypto, the one crypto to rule them all, and in the future all coins will uh, collapse, and Bitcoin will be the last thing remaining. And if you invest in any of these other "quote unquote" shit coins, you're you're uh, inevitably going to lose all of your money. Now, I'm not saying this narrative is necessarily uh, false. I've been a Bitcoin investor for. A long time up until recently. I mean, I've been in the space for, God, over a decade now, and it wasn't even until 2017 you know, that I even started touching any other uh, cryptocurrencies. I, I I strongly believed in this uh, this Bitcoin narrative, but you know, I've been I've been questioning it a lot lately, and I I, I think it's worth examining. Um, not saying you have to take these opinions as face value or but there are questions, I think, that are, are, are worth um, asking ourselves if we're going to be long term investors in the space, uh, you know. So I think the main thesis behind Bitcoin is sort of that the fiat world currency system is it's effectively doomed. And all of these currencies are toilet paper and they're 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 printing their way to. Zero dollars in value, and and everybody in the world would be better if they just sort of jumped uh, ship from the from the dollar, from the pound, from the euro, whatever their native currency is, and and latched on to to Bitcoin, and then we all sort of ride happily off into the sunset uh, together, uh, rich and prosperous world, and everybody's having a great time. I'm not sure that this mer- narrative really makes sense anymore, um, to be honest. For for a few reasons, I mean, there's a, there's there's a couple of main things on my mind. Um, the first is just that, like the the idea that the dollar itself, right? Let's focus on the dollar for a second. The dollar, the most widely used currency in the world, uh, the U.S. dollar, of course. The the idea that the dollar's failing at the moment uh, defies all all data. Um, the dollar has been on a tear this year. It is it is up vir- versus virtually every other currency in the world and it is up, uh, very, 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 uh, bigly. And you might even think that, well, gold, gold is probably up against the dollar, right? Gold's probably killing it with all this, uh, quote unquote inflation in the world. And, and, and that's not true either. The dollar has done quite well against gold. So I think it's, it's worthwhile to question this narrative that people don't want or need dollars. They, they need, they need Bitcoin. Um, I don't know if that's the case, and then the 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 idea that Bitcoin is going to sort of supplant like these other currencies as some sort of like reserve reserve asset, or or even worse, like money or currency in itself it it also doesn't pass the smell test for me anymore, and 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 I feel like it's not really borne out in any of the the data. Bitcoin is a highly volatile asset. And I know there's this narrative out there that, well, once it gets big enough, the volatility goes away and it becomes like a $10 million uh, stable coin or something that the price doesn't change. But I don't know that this is, this is true. I think that when you look at what people actually want, what they actually need, um, you find that what people really long for is, is, is stability. I mean, especially outside of the, the United States. I mean, if you if you were to talk to somebody in, in, in Turkey and ask them what they wanted to transfer all of their net worth into, do they want to transfer it into uh, the US dollar or into this uh, digital coin that's lost about 70% of its value in the last year? And I, I suspect that most people would prefer the dollars. Um, this whole invention of stable coins, I think really undermines a lot of you know, Bitcoin's supposed reason for existence. Um, I, I question whether what people really want is access to more dollars as opposed to access to uh, to Bitcoin. And and indeed, stable coins have really exploded as a massive use case of, of crypto. I mean, the market cap has just gone up so dramatically uh, over the years. And it, it, it makes sense why that would be the case. I mean, if you are outside of the US, I mean, you can hold money in dollars and you can, you can send these dollars anywhere in the world in a in a matter of minutes and guarantee a final settlement and use them for payments. And you can store wealth in them, you know, at least in the short run without losing, uh, an incredible amount of money. That seems like a really great use case. And I've heard people talk of how in, in, in Argentina, um, one of the biggest use cases for crypto isn't so much like people buying Bitcoin and storing it on hardware wallets. It, it it's it's them, you know, signing up for for Binance exchange accounts and just keeping money in stable coins and, and their Binance account and sending stable coins back and forth. Uh Binance isn't decentralized. It's a it's a centralized uh company operated by, you know, one Chinese guy, C Z. Um but users don't seem to care it's like the it's it's the stable coins it's the dollars that that are giving them the value the ease of use that's giving them the value and and so this is this is what uh, people are doing and if we look throughout crypto at where the adoption is is taking place um, a lot of activity is is taking place elsewhere you you see on bitcoin i think the lightning network you know the layer two scaling solution has you know, ninety or a hundred million dollars locked into it, whereas you know across like Ethereum and, and and all of DeFi. I mean, you saw tens and tens and tens of billions of, of dollars of value locked and just vast amounts of value transferred. I mean, there are there are multiple applications on top of Ethereum that today do much more in terms of fees and, and usage than you know than the than the Bitcoin network does. So it. It's it's worth, you know, sitting back and asking ourselves like is is this really the future? Uh, another narrative that people like to talk about with Bitcoin or have in the past, you know, is this idea that Bitcoin is this uh, you know quote unquote in, in inflation hedge, and I think that you know the recent year has proven to everybody with you know, two eyes and a brain that, that holding a bunch of Bitcoin when uh CPI goes to the moon is uh not necessarily going to protect your wealth. In fact, the exact opposite has happened. It's it's completely destroyed it. And 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 why why is that? Well, it turns out that there's some nuance in in, in what inflation is and, and and how you know cryptocurrency might react to it. Um, there's inflation in terms of rising prices, right? And prices of something like oil may go up simply because the supply of oil gets constricted for some reason. Um, There's supply side destruction, but that's a very different environment from an environment in which, you know, the price of oil doubles or triples um, because supply and demand sort of remain constant, but we, we print like a whole uh, bunch of bunch of money. And I think that there is a, worthwhile argument here to say that, okay, well, even though Bitcoin might not be a quote unquote inflation hedge in the sense of uh, prices, it, it could be, it could be a debasement hedge. It could be protection against um, governments printing money and debasing the currency. But I wonder a couple of things. Like, first, I wonder if like, if we can really conclude that with what has happened with the Bitcoin price over the years. Like, did bitcoin go up in value so much from 2008 until recent years simply because like governments were uh debasing money or was it simply yet another in a, a long list of, of assets that had tons of liquidity flow into it and and reached you know sort of irrational highs i mean you have to look no further than you know the nft market and see people buying jpeg monkeys for Billions of dollars, or or just countless Nasdaq stocks trading for it, absolutely insane valuations that are completely untethered to any sort of reality or or cash flows. To, to see that you know Bitcoin isn't alone in its its, its rise um, with the, with the printing, everything has gone up, and I know Bitcoin proponents will say, well, yes, but Bitcoin has gone up the a lot many many thousands of a percent at its peak but that's also what you would expect from you know a a low market cap asset that has a lot of money flow into it and and you can see a number of cryptocurrencies that have you know gone up more than bitcoin has so i'm you know i'm not sure if we can use that as an argument either
0: Me your crypto punk uh, I don't want to damn it I wish I I wish I didn't give him all my crypto guys Adam Ray here for what the heck is crypto and now that I got your attention look in the last 10 years over 100 billion dollars worth of crypto has been lost or stolen specifically because of poor key management scams and hackers god I hate hackers Forget not your keys, not your crypto. Software and hardware wallets both have the same vulnerability. A single private key that can be lost, hacked, or simply misplaced. It's our new sponsor, guys. Here What the Heck is Crypto, the Zengo Crypto Wallet. It's a total game changer, bringing wallet security to a whole new level. Your Zengo account is secured by three factors, which makes recovery simple and stress-free. After all, with no private key to steal your crypto assets and NFTs are much more difficult to hack. Duh, there's a reason why Zengo is able to claim itself as Web3's most secure wallet. Love that. Zengo has it all. Multi-chain support. Buy, trade, connect to Web3 apps and store your crypto with ZEN. Zengo has a legendary in-app 24-7 live support with real humans. That rules. We don't want bots. We want realsies. Here's what you do. Zengo is the most secure Web3 wallet out there and the best place to keep your crypto, NFTs and assets secure. So... If you want to get a part of this, which I know you do, because, look, it also it's fully recoverable using their biometric recovery kit. Get started right now. Zengo.com slash Adam and use the promo code Adam to get 20 bucks back on your first purchase of $200 or more. That's zen Z-E-N-G-O, go slash Adam. Code Adam for 20 bucks back on your first purchase of $200 or more. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
1: Another thing like Bitcoiners like to say is that, is, is that Bitcoin is, is, is money. And I, I feel like there's this sort of fundamental misunderstanding that people have between what, what is actually money, what is actually currency, and, and what is sort of more analogous to uh, a commodity. I think that commodities, especially commodities that tend to trend up in value over time, they, 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 make, they make terrible money because why would you spend something that you think is going to go up in value? It would be, it would be irrational uh, to, to do so. Um, One of the whole points of money, you know, is that it is stable and it's not necessarily supposed to be stable over the course of like a century, but like a currency is supposed to be stable over the course of, you know, days or weeks or, or, or months. Um, Dollars aren't investments. They're they're sort of like vehicles for liquidity. And 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 people like dollars because they serve that purpose well. They give you outstanding liquidity. They give you the ability to purchase anything you want um everywhere, transfer it into particular assets. It's it's very good for that purpose, and and Bitcoin is not good for that purpose. You can't keep your money in Bitcoin for even a day, you know, without it um you know, risking it going up or down ten percent in value on some uh, crazy days. Never, never mind uh, a year. And I guess you could make the argument that well, it, maybe it's not money. It's it's to store of value. It's some sort of new digital commodity, some digital gold. And I, I I guess you could you could make that argument, but that's a very different argument from saying like Bitcoin is money. And you've you've now sort of shifted the narrative into what it's it's supposed to be. Um, and this sort of leads us into another idea, which is the idea that simply because Bitcoin is scarce, right? It has 21 million and no more ever supposedly, um, that this inherent scarcity gives it value. And, and, and that's not necessarily true. I don't think, I think there are plenty of things in in the world that are scarce, but also Valueless, and I think in order for something to have value, it just it needs not just scarcity, but some particular type of utility at its root that you know gives it some built-in demand for people. And what exactly is the utility that Bitcoin has? Well, I think you could make some arguments that there's some utility there. I think like the ability to you know store and transact value um, anywhere in the world. Um and guarantee final settlements and to, to not have to, to trust somebody else is, you know, some amount of utility and value, but, but, but how much is that? Is that really going to be worthy of a, a 10, a $20 trillion market cap? Is is that really something that can only be done with Bitcoin, right? Is can, can we not transmit value trustlessly, using ethereum using using stable coins on ethereum i don't want to get into a whole debate on like exactly how you know trustless ethereum is i'm sure people will argue with that but like uh, undeniably there are these trillions of dollars in value being moved that way in the market so the market seems to like ethereum and stable coins on ethereum for that particular use case so i think this argument is also a little uh rough I think there are concerns people should have as well about the long-term viability of Bitcoin. I mean it was sort of created with this arbitrary twenty one million cap limit, right and currently the network is secured for those of you who don't know via via mining um, when miners mine a block, that block contains a, a bitcoin for uh, a reward a bitcoin reward for the miners, and that you know supports their operation and incentivizes them to um, to keep providing hash power to the network. But at some point in the not too distant future, I think in the you know, 2130s, if I'm not mistaken, um, that reward is going to drop to a critically low level. And if we go far enough out into the future, there, there is no block reward. Like once we hit the 21 million cap, there's no reward for miners. And the, and the theory is that, well, by then, the network will have so much adoption that, Miners will be getting paid a fee um just from the people who are demanding block space, and those fees will make it more than worthwhile to run the network now that may happen, but it also might not happen and and right now, like i, I the the data doesn't look very good like we're not that far away from the point where the Bitcoin network is going to have to start generating substantial fees in order to you know, incentivize people to continue to mine it. Like I said, I, I think it's within a decade or a decade and a half. I would have to double check the numbers exactly. Um, that's not that far away. And like what we see right now is not anywhere near the type of adoption that would see that kind of fee market arise. Um, so this is something I worry about and, and think about if I'm going to you know, hold my money in Bitcoin for two, three decades in the same way I might hold some stocks for two or three decades through uh, to retirement. You know, if you have a good counter to this, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm open to hearing a good argument as to why this isn't a problem. But like, honestly, all of the current arguments I've read have left me really feeling unsatisfied with this idea that everything's going to be fine. We're gonna generate enough fees and the network will still be secure. So, Big problem right there. I think the other thing that Bitcoiners really push is this idea that proof of stake is the best. It's it's so uh, superior to proof of stake. Um, I'll say things that like you know proof of stake is sort of inherently centralizing and it just mimics the existing fiat system and. I do think some of these arguments do hold some water, but I I also think there are fundamental flaws with proof of work. I mean, I think the most glaringly obvious flaw right now that people are just simply brushing under the rug is just the idea that, Proof of work consumes a massive amount of, of, of energy, right? And, and, and Bitcoiners will tell you that this energy usage isn't actually bad for the environment, that this mining actually can incentivize green power and all these things. And it may be the you know, net positive for the earth. And, and, and I may even say that they're right, but I don't think it matters because what matters in the world is, is, is narratives. Um, any of you who have paid any attention to, to politics or even just the financial markets know that like irrational things happen all the time. People don 't like to think about very long, nuanced arguments for why this is actually good, even though it seems bad. Um, you know, the climate crowd is is so powerful and I would say over the top ridiculous that they've basically forced you know the the entire world, especially the European continent into continent, into not producing enough energy um, so if we can be so dumb that we don't, you know we neglect our own energy consumption, um, surely we can be so dumb that we just have a public backlash against uh, Bitcoin mining. And it seems in this particular energy environment, especially an environment where I see oil going up, the cost of electricity going up, what's going to happen when people in in towns where a bunch of miners are running? are complaining that their electricity bills are going through the roof. I I just think this is such an easy target for politicians. And it's, it's something that you as an investor are are going to have a little bit of, uh, of risk over Um, proof of stake does not have anywhere. I mean, just a tiny sliver of a fraction of the energy consumption of, of proof of work. And so anything that's proof of stake, like Ethereum is likely to uh, not only, you know, not, not be subject to the wrath of the environmentalist but may even be promoted as an as a, as a quote-unquote green uh, alternative it's it's definitely something to think about overall i i just am sort of questioning in my head like whether the purpose of blockchain technology is to really create like a trustless decentralized money that is an alternative to government i'm not so sure that's the most valuable use case anymore. Um, I think one of the problems with fiat money is that typically there's not a lot of competition for it. Like if you live in a particular country, your currency sort of is what it is and you don't have access to the other currencies, or it's very easy for your government to place capital controls on you and just block the free flow of money. But what we can do with blockchains like ethereum you know and this isn't something we can currently do on bitcoin it's like we can we can run like a sort of open marketplace of government currencies on ethereum you could have a u.s dollar stablecoin. we have plenty of those you can have a british pound stablecoin, coin a, a swiss bank stablecoin. we can even have like privately issued stable coins that are are sanctioned by the governments and allowed to exist um so I question whether the ultimate purpose of blockchain is actually to just simply provide like a a an open marketplace and enable competition, you know, pro- provide these 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 rails, this infrastructure that allows the free flow of capital and the the competition between uh, one fiat currency to the next, and if and if this end state might actually be better for humanity. Maybe it's better if people keep using fiat currencies, but, you know, the powers that be that issue those currencies like have to be, you know, more careful about careful about what they do with them because they don't have like uh, a monopoly. And, and if that is the world that we go into, if, if central banks start issuing uh, money on Ethereum, if they start issuing bonds and other assets on Ethereum, especially like ultra liquid, you know, markets like like European bonds or or, or even U.S. Uh, T-bills, if we start tokenizing real estate, if we simply bring the existing financial system onto the blockchain and the blockchain benefits everybody by making it more open, um, trustless um, and, and enabling competition, maybe that is the ultimate result for humanity. And in that particular world, I'm not saying that Bitcoin dies. But it may just be sort of relegated to this like niche digital commodity that still serves a valuable purpose because it, its existence is is in and of itself like a check on the power of the system, you know, getting out of hand. But much in the same way that like, you know, gold currently plays like a very minor use case in all of our daily lives. Like so too could be the f- future of the digital world where Bitcoin is digital gold, but that's all it ever really becomes in it. And it doesn't play like a huge part in our lives. So anyway, that was just some rambling off the top of my head here. Uh, if you have any thoughts on what I said, you think I got anything wrong, anything I should read up on, uh, very open to, to learning more, always studying these things. Uh, you can give me a shout on Twitter at uh, Steven Cesaro. I, I post a lot of uh, crypto analysis there, along with a, a little bit of a healthy amount of shit posting. Uh, so don't take me too too seriously. Um, but yeah, I personally have definitely moved far away, far farther away from Bitcoin in recent years. I, I only hold Ethereum right now. I may still buy some Bitcoin at the you know the bottom of the market, whether that's next year or the the year after. But yeah, I just don't quite believe in it as much as I used to. And, and these are sort of the, the reasons why anyway, I hope this was, uh, hope this was interesting to you. Um, Adam, I hope we'll be back next week with a little more, a little more comedy, but in the meantime, hope you learned something today. Hope you enjoyed the episode and I'll talk to you soon.